Well, you guys ready to get in the Word this evening? Isn't it awesome to be able to come together and just open the Word of God and just start to receive from the Holy Spirit? You know, what's so cool is the Holy Spirit is here. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. The Bible says that times of refreshing flow from His presence. And the Bible says that Jesus, where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst. So I love that. Everything is here. The Holy Spirit of God is here. He is the anointing. And the anointing is upon the word of God tonight to lift burdens and destroy yokes of bondage. I, I've been very stirred. I've been very stirred in my spirit that many people are either really... In a, in a situation where they really need to apply the principles of faith to lay hold of the victory that God has for them, or many people are about to be in a situation where they're going to need to. I believe all of us, uh, in, as we go into our future, we, we need to be able to take the word of God and grab hold of the victory that God has for us. It's time for the body of Christ to no longer walk in victory in theory. And it's time for us to walk in victory experientially. What that means is you experience victory. I, I hope that you live your life like I do with an expectancy that God will do what he said, that he will bring to pass everything he's spoken and he truly will lead us. The Bible says, the Lord's my shepherd, so I won't want. That means I won't lack. I'm not gonna lack health. I'm not gonna lack provision. I'm not gonna lack safety and peace. I'm never gonna lack wisdom, right? But that word also means I'm not gonna diminish and I'm not gonna decrease. So we know that we have great expectation for our future. This scripture went off Sunday and, and it's still, it's just been going off all week. So we're going to talk about faith tonight again. And in Romans chapter 1, hallelujah. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation to every man that believeth right first to the jew and then to the greek and then i love what it goes on to say in verse 17 for therein therein what the gospel of christ in the gospel of christ the righteousness of god is revealed how from faith to faith you have been made righteous. Jesus was made to be sin, so you would be made righteous. The Bible has a lot to say about what flows out of the life of the righteous. The Bible says things like, you'll be above only and not beneath. So the Bible says that the righteousness of God, which is a faith, is revealed from faith to faith. That means 
And then it finishes up by saying, for it is written, the just, that means those that have been declared righteous, which is every believer, shall live by faith. It is time that the world see the very righteousness of God. It's revealed only one way, from faith to faith. What that means is, as you walk by the faith of God, it will be revealed to you that you're righteous, and it will be revealed to everyone around you that you're righteous. So in other words, that's why we walk by faith. It, re it actually reveals who we are. What that means, if you want to break that down, that means when sickness attacks your body, the righteousness which is of faith is revealed as your healing manifests in your body. Right? When you get in a situation and you always come out victorious, it reveals the righteousness of God, which is a faith. So God wants you laying hold of things. And why is that? Because he loves you. Guys, as never before in the earth, and this, this as we sit here on June 20 or July 21st, it's never been more important that you learn how to walk by the faith of God. But guess what? By August 1st, it'll even be more important, right? Because I'm telling you, we're living in a time where the enemy knows he has a little bit of time left, and he's yelling and screaming and working. And in many parts of the world, you kind of get a sense that, oh my gosh, this thing, this thing might be over. This is like, he's winning. Well, no, he's not going to win. He can't win. How can you win when you've already lost? Right? God already says we win. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That means no matter what happens in this world, we will prevail. So, so in order to see how, we have to walk by faith. Right? Expect God's going to call people into arenas in this society that you never dreamed possible, but he'll place you there, anoint you there, and you'll do a work to change a nation, a city, a county, who knows what. But it'll all be by faith. Amen. The days of sitting on the sidelines is over. Right? Because we're also living in this time. This time, this season, this day that we're living in is also a day where people are slowly departing from the Lord. That's been prophesied. There would be a departure right before the departure. So we don't want to be that. Right? We know the game is this. Satan will try to get you focused on circumstances to tell you who you are, what the outcome of your life is going to be, and forget all that. God's already given us the victory. Doesn't matter what it looks like in your life. He's given you the victory. And then he's given you faith to lay hold of it. So go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I had to say all that to find out where I was going next. Matthew chapter 11. I love this because this is the context that I really believe the Lord wants to bring this faith walk in. Faith 
the walk in life of faith is not hard. What's hard is not walking by faith, right? So the walk of faith, it's not hard. It's a rest. It's easy. It's burdenless, right? Look at what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 11. Hallelujah. Let me find it. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor. This word labor means all of you who are toiling and are heavy laden, which means those of you who are overburdened. I'm telling you, if you, if you watch too much TV, if you watch too much of the stuff on the internet, you're going to be overburdened. We have to keep our eyes on the word of God. But it says here, when we come to Jesus, he says, and I will give you rest. This Greek word, it literally means a quiet ceasing that refreshes you. What does that mean? When God gives you rest... There's a quiet ceasing that happens in your soul, in your mind, in your will, in your emotions, and it refreshes your physical body. It refreshes your whole being. It refreshes you spirit, soul, and body. And the Bible says that's God's will for your life. That is the place of strength. That is the place of excitement in the Lord. You know, I've never in my life just as a young man, I'm sitting here going, I've been in this thing, gosh, since about 1980. So about 41 years, I've been in this thing that we call this stream called the Word of Faith. So much great teaching, so much available, and yet so many people are just like this when you talk to them. It's just like, you know, they listen to hours and hours of teaching and hear nothing. They're so, they're so looking for, I need to know the principle to get my answer, and your answer is not a principle of faith. Your answer is the author of faith. Because when you meet the author of faith... Man, and you get a glimpse and a taste at how good he is and how much he loves you. You will begin to just go, okay, all of my trust is in you. It no longer matters what I've done. It doesn't matter where, I, where I'm at. But he's going to take me someplace. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to let him. I'm going to give it all up right? It's the only way to live. He said here, take my yoke. A yoke was a rabbi's doctrine. In other words, take my doctrine upon you, my teaching upon you, and learn of me. Notice, take my yoke upon you, which is my, my doctrine, my teaching, and learn of me. In other words, the Lord teaches you what he does and how he lives. 
Have you noticed in the world, if you study world history, ever since the beginning, more than ever now, there's this worldly, satanic, tyrannical leadership. It says this, I'm going to live this way, but you're going to live that way. And I'm going to tell you how to dress. I'm going to tell you where you can go and where you can't go. Now, I'm not going to. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. But you, you're going to do what I say. And then there's God, who is all-powerful. If there is anyone in the universe who has a right to say, listen, you're going to do what I say. That's not what he says. He says, follow me. I want you, I want you to live like me. I actually sent my son so that he can give you my very life. So that, hey, before you get up here with me, while you're down walking through the valley of the shadow of death, don't worry, you got angels, you've got, your, got the word of God, I'm watching over it. I want you to show the, show the people of the earth what the Zoe life of God looks like. Because we're to be light in darkness. So get excited about that, guys. This year, God wants you to lay hold of those things that you haven't laid hold of. Right? But see, you got to get off the, what you're trying to lay hold of. Because if you need healing, and you're at the point of death, or if you need finances, and you're at the point of bankruptcy, or if you are literally having panic attacks and you don't know what to do. Or if you're like some people, and many of us can relate to this, it's all of the above happening at the same time. All you need is Jesus. That's who you need. Right? I love this, this verse because he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest... For unto your souls, that's your mind, your will, and your emotion, rest. You will find a quiet ceasing in your emotions, in your feelings, right? In your will, in your mind, that will refresh you. No more worry. You already know, you already know the end of the story. You win. You don't die, but you live, right? You're not going under, you're going over. We have been so enamored with ourselves and self-centeredness that it's caused us to think carnally and naturally. And we hear some principles of faith and we just... Father, I just, you know, your word says this and it says this and, and I just believe that I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name. And man, you're all excited right up until the next morning you wake up and it hurts worse. And when that goes on for a few days, you start to go, is he, is he really there? You know, somebody who I respect very much just sent me a sermon. Well-known Word of Faith minister in a well-known church. Sent me, a, sent me a sermon. Because of who sent it to me, I thought, well, I better listen to this. And about 15 minutes into it, 
I couldn't listen to it anymore. Because there was so much doubt and unbelief. And I'm thinking to myself, man, there's, there's three, 4,000 people listening to you, and they're all weeping, and they're all going, wow, I could really relate to that. Because my life is a mess. And it's okay. And it's okay to not understand. Let me slap you across the face. No, 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 no. The word of God. We Get away from this, I'm a good speaker and I could really pull on your emotions. No, this is what I want to do with your emotions tonight. I want you to know that there is a Jesus who's real and he wants to give you rest unto your souls. To where you stand in the middle of all hell breaking loose where you believe God forever, or what you think you're believing God forever, and you forget all that and embrace him and let him change the circumstances of your life. This is the time that we need to step into what God has for us. The days of, well, you know, I think I'll do this part of the word, but then I'm not going to do this part of the word. There's no life in that. When a person says that, they're just saying, I don't really know Jesus. I mean, I might be saved. I know him enough as Savior, but I don't know him enough to really trust him with my day-to-day life. I'm telling you guys, the word of God works. What he said, he'll do. Amen? This is so important. So he says here, hallelujah. You'll find rest unto your souls. Why? For my yoke is easy. Jesus' doctrine, this word easy means it's gentle and it's easy to use. The deepest principles of faith, they're gentle. God doesn't come slap you in the face and go, listen, the reason why you don't have your healing is because you haven't believed enough. That's No, no, that's not Jesus. That's stupidity, right? No, no, his, his word, it's gentle, and it's very easy to use. You know why? Because he does all the work. Your part, be willing and obedient. Your part, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. His part, bring it to pass. So when Satan talks to you about how it's going to happen, I don't know. I don't care. Do you really care how you get healed? I don't care. I I don't care how I prosper. All I know is I will. And if anything gets in my life that doesn't look like I'm prospering, I'm going to take the authority in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to run to him and go, oh God, I'm just, please, will you help me? You know, his response is, I already did. Use my name and get the thing out of your life, right? So this is so important. So let's jump into this tonight. So that was like if you went to a movie, that was like all the previews. Hallelujah. So turn to James chapter 14. James chapter 14. This is a big part of faith that you have to understand. We're taking an aerial view, but if you don't understand this, you're going to have a lot of problems laying hold of things. James chapter 4, verse 14. James, what did I say? Did I say, what did I James, if you, yeah, that's the expanded edition. James chapter 4, verse 14. There we go. Hello. Yeah, there we go. See, look at all these people being led. They're like, they knew right where, right? 
James chapter 4, verse 14. Hallelujah. It says here, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor. That means it is a mist. Well, I wish I had my little squirt gun thing. Right? Because your life is like a vapor. One time I had a squirt, a bo- squirt bottle out here and I'd squirt it. And you'd see this mist just go up. And then it would just disappear. And that's kind of the way our life is. Have you noticed 2021 started like three minutes ago? And it's already July 21st, right? What is your life? It is even a vapor or a mist that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. Verse 15, For that you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Now, it pains me a little bit to say this, but if you take those Greek words and you really want to get a pretty clear definition of it, you could look at the NIV because they actually really hit it out of the park in this verse. The NIV says, so normally that might be the non-inspired version or the, you know, whatever, non-informational, but tonight it really nailed it, so I got to give that to them. They nailed it, they nailed it, yeah, they nailed it, yeah. The other 15,000 scriptures that they left out, well, we won't talk about those, but anyway. So it says here, why do, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. In other words, since our lives are like a vapor, we should say, Lord, what is your will for me today? And I'm going to do that. Right? What is your will? Since our life is like a vapor, we should be going, okay, Lord, what do you have for me today? Because whatever your will is, that's what I'm going to do. So are we clear on that? This is a foundation of faith. I love what F.F. Bodsworth said. He said this, what, right? Faith begins where the will of God is known. Okay? So what is your will? You know, when you let God know that you need him, you've heard me say this before, it actually lets you know that you need him. Right, Father, today, as I get up, I just want you to know all of my trust is in you. I don't even want anything today that does not come from you. You are my life, right? From this verse alone, we see that we need God to guide us, okay? So then go over to Jeremiah chapter 10 in verse 23. Hallelujah. Now, we've talked about these things before. We're going to talk about them again, and then we're going to go a little bit different direction. Jeremiah chapter 10, in verse 23, it says this, O Lord, I know that the way of man 
is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. Wow. Isn't that interesting? The way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. You were not created to direct your own steps. You have been created to walk with God. So we are, we are man. He created man in his own image, right? We are not created to live for ourselves or by ourselves. The Trinity is a perfect example. How do they operate? They operate as one. Three individuals that make up one God. God the Father comes up with the plan. God the Son carries out the plan. And the Holy Spirit, who is God, reveals the plan. So now we have man, see, in a fallen state, we, become, we walk in spiritual death, but then if we get saved, we still have to renew our mind to this stuff because we've got this old nature in our flesh that still wants to go our own way. Right? But you're not created to know your own way. So a Christian young person, go to career fairs. What are you going to them for? To decide what you're going to do with your life? No. To discover. You're never going to hear me say to Asher or Micah, my grandkids, oh, now listen, you guys can do anything you want to do. That's demonic. That'll get them going in a wrong direction. No, 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 no. God has a plan for their lives. He's got a plan for your life. It's not in you to know that plan and come up with that plan yourself, and it's not in you to direct that plan. And yet we have Christians deciding everything, and they're wondering why their faith is, is non-existent. So you got to get this right. Psalm 37, 23. So that's two scriptures anyway. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. This word ordered is a Hebrew verb. It means the steps of a good man are set up, are prepared, are made firm, and are established by the Lord. The steps of a good man are what? Ordered. They're prepared. They're set up. They're made firm, and they're established by the Lord. They're ordered by the Lord. Do you know God has ordered your steps? And it's very important that you stay on the path. Right? And the whole game is Satan will try to get you off the path. And how he gets you off the path, it all starts with one thought. One thought can take you off the path. 
it leads to another thought. Here's another scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. See, why are we talking about this? Because I could teach you all day on principles of faith. But if you think, if, if you don't get out of your head and come to a place of completely being dependent upon God and being willing to walk out his plan for your life, I mean, I'd love to tell you your faith will work, but it won't. And all of a sudden, you'll do like what so many people do. They play church. Well, God told me, right? And the self-centeredness is dripping off of them. And you look at them and you're just like, wow. You're about to head down a road that's not good. And we all could see it, right? Why? Because we've done it. We've all been self-centered and Right, I've, you know, you're, you just look at somebody and go, dude, I've, I've walked off that pier that you're going off. It's not fun. But if you get this right, the rest of it's just easy. It's just easy. Because see, you're not, trying to, you're not trying to cut a new path your own way. You're just flowing in the path that you've been created to walk in. And you get to tap into divine Zoe life. So in Proverbs chapter 3, it says this, in verse 5, so you trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's step number one. You don't rely or you don't lean on your own understanding. Your, that word understanding means your mind's conclusions. So I'm trusting in the Lord with all of my heart. I am not relying on my own mind's conclusions, but in all of my ways, I'm acknowledging him. In all of my ways, I'm acknowledging him. What does that mean? In all of my ways, I am considering what Jesus. Well, who is Jesus? He's the word. In all of my ways. Notice I have to trust in the Lord with all of my heart I have to not rely on my own mind's conclusions, which are telling me things, but in every one of my ways, I consider him, and then what happens? And then he shall direct your paths. So is God standing in heaven with a checkbook or like a little pad of paper looking at you and goes, Okay, okay, Pastor Elisa, uh, okay, boom. Oh, she's actually trusting in the Lord with all of her heart. All right, oh my gosh, look, check it out. She got to step two. She's not leaning on her own understanding. Okay, angels, get ready, get ready. We're gonna start, we're gonna start working in her life. Look at the work she's doing. She's making us real happy. And then, oh my gosh, boom, she got it right in all of her ways. So right now, she's just, she's ready. Now I could step in and bless her. Is that the, what he's saying? No. Nope, this is the way it is. God is, is looking tonight, right now. He is, he's looking at your life, at every area of your life, and he's looking for ways to get in to bless you. He's already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's already got all the victory, everything, every battle you'll ever face, everything, 
all the provisions there, it's all right there. And, and all he's trying to do now is trying to figure out a way how to get it over to you. Those three things, as you trust in the Lord with all your heart, as you don't lean on your own understanding, as you acknowledge him and consider him in all of your, of your ways, what you are doing right there is you have now positioned yourself to where you can receive him directing your steps. Now we know why the majority of the body of Christ is going, I just have no idea what to do. Do you know how many times I've heard this? Pastor, the Lord's been stirring me for about a year to make a change. So I'm going to step down from ministry and I'm going to step down from this and I'm going to step out of this because God's got something new for me. For a year, he's been talking to me about it. Can I talk to you guys like adults? And I'm like, wow, what is it? And here's the response I get. Almost 15 years. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it's exciting. And I, you know, I really love what I'm doing here, and I love this over here, and oh, I'm so thankful for this, but I've just got to go because God's got something new for me. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Jehovah, that word literally means the self-existent one that reveals himself. In over a year of talking to you, it's still unclear. Are you? Yeah, seriously, Phenice, I'm serious. Do you know why? Now, now, please, don't think I'm getting down on anybody. <laughs> I could tell you this. As 15 years as a pastor, I've never seen anybody do something more stupid than what I've done. I've done it all. I've done that. Man, I'm, I'm just so thankful for pastors that would have mercy on me. Hey, I got to go do something else. Drop the whole ministry, leave. Come back three weeks later. Hey, I really miss God. Oh, that's okay. I'm, I don't need to do ministry. No, no, no. Go ahead and start it up again. Start it up again. Code back to him and go, oh, shoot, got to leave again. That's what you guys think. Oh, pastor's so nice when people leave the church because, you know, will you leave with my blessing? Of course are you kidding me? I'm so grateful that they said to me, hey, you leave with our blessing. We've had people come to this church before that have met with me and they're like, we're really kind of freaked out because, man, we thought that, you know, we were kind of told you leave this church and you get out from under and man, you're going to die. The curse is going to get you. I'm like, wow. I thought we were redeemed from the curse. <laughs> Why am I saying it all like this? Well, I just feel stirred to, but here's the thing. Give yourself a break. It is not in you. It's, it's, it's not that you're not special. It's just not your job to come up with the plan for your life. You are a child of God that lives on the God level, he comes up with the plan. You don't see Jesus going, listen, Father, come on. I mean, I have been with you, right, forever. 
and you never let, can I just please come up with a plan just once? And then the Holy Spirit's going, yeah, come on. All I do is reveal stuff. I just want to come up with a plan. Or at least, no, you never see him do that, do you? And they're just totally content. Why am I saying this? Do you know why most people are unhappy? Do you know why most people are not laying hold of the blessing of God for their life? Because they're distracted. They're trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. Forget about that. Listen, you get laser focused as a Christian. Your job is real easy. Here it is, you ready? God's will for your life, to pursue and to know him. That's it. Everything comes out of that. And he's never late, and he's never not enough. He's always more than enough. So give yourself, see, you gotta give yourself a break. Because what you'll do is you'll sit here and you'll think, I'm so frustrated because I can't figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. Of course you can't. It'd be like me trying to be a worship leader up here. The problem is I can't sing. I mean, I can sing, but I never should sing into a mic. <laughs> right? You guys, why do you, I love being in the front row. I mean, I kind of feel sorry for the front row singers and Mark, you know, I, I kind of feel sorry for Pastor Mark because they might have to hear me. One time I was in worship and I was singing and I heard this horrible thing and I'm like, what in the world? And then I realized my mic was on. You don't have to figure it out. Man, I've got sickness in my body. How, what am I going to do? You don't have to figure that out. I don't have enough money. How is this? You don't have to figure that out. God will lead you. Here's your part. He wants you to keep your eyes on him so you get to know him so that you will trust him with all of your heart. Right? So that you won't you won't rely on your own mind's conclusions. You won't, you know, you won't consider everything else except him. No, he wants you to just laser focus trusting in him with all of your heart. This is, this is a key to faith. In Romans 8, 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16 talks about the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And you think about that. Well, what good does that have to do? I already know I'm a child of God. No. No, a lot of people don't know because are you worried? Because if you're worried about anything, you don't know you're a child of God. Because when you're a child of God, you know that anything you could possibly worry about, he already's got it. Right? So, but the Holy Spirit will bear witness with you. Hey, you're a child of God. Don't put up with that. Hey, you're a child of God. It's going to be okay. Might not look like victory right now, but just who hide and watch. It will in a little bit. You just follow me. Right? There's nothing. The greater one on the inside of us is greater than anything that we'll ever face. I mean, I love those scriptures. 
in the Bible where the enemy just, it just appeared like they won. I mean, think of the children of Israel. They're in Babylonian captivity, and the prophet Jeremiah, God tells them, listen, go tell the people, I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. They're good plans. They're plans to give you an expected end. He wanted them to know that while they were in bondage and captivity. I love that. So we've got to figure this out. The Holy Spirit within you gives you the assurance that you are his. The Holy Spirit enlightens, or we say impresses your spirit. And then your spirit will translate that into a thought and communicate it to your mind. That's how it works. You meditate in the word of God and the Holy Spirit will open that word up on the inside of you and bring understanding, revelation, knowledge to your spirit and then your spirit will communicate that to your mind and when your spirit communicates the word of God to your mind, the word of God will tear out all this old thinking and it'll change the way that you think. Now, Sometimes this doesn't seem so spectacular because you're like, well, this just sounds like me. Well, it is you. The Holy Spirit never talks to your mind. He only talks to your spirit. The enemy, on the other hand, only talks to your mind. He can't talk to your spirit. We call this the inward witness. That's what the inward witness is. So I'm minding my own business. I'm, I'm meditating in the Word. If you're in a battle physically, you're meditating in the Word on Scriptures. You know, you don't have to study Daniel's 70th, 70-week prophecy if you're believing God and you're, you're being attacked physically. You need to be studying on healing and building yourself up. But what happens is the entrance of His Word, that means the opening of His Word, it gives light. It goes off on the inside of you. And your spirit gains understanding of the word of God. Then your spirit translates that into a thought and communicates that to your mind. And see, this is why James said, when you implant the word in your heart, it brings salvation to your soulish realm. And your mind isn't your brain. Your mind functions through your brain. But this is how it works. This is so important to know. You must learn to hear the still small voice on the inside despite all the noise that's going on on the outside. The cool thing is you listen to you more than you listen to anybody else. And that's why God set this whole thing up this way. How he leads you is you communicate the, what he's revealing to your spirit. You communicate that to your mind. But see, to hear the still small voice on the inside of you instead of giving in to the noise on the outside, it's going to take diligence and it's going to take a commitment to put the word of God first. You must make a decision that this is my truth. This is my truth. This will get me over in life. This will give me the victory. And contrary to a lot of teaching out there, this is relevant for today. Very, very relevant. Cutting edge. So cutting edge that society and science hasn't caught up with all of it yet. 
Hearing from God, being led by the Holy Spirit. How many times have you heard me say this? It's not a set of principles. What am I going to say next? It's a sensitivity. It's a sensitivity that you maintain. I refuse to let the noise on the outside move me. I am only moved by what his word says to me, what his word is speaking to me in my heart. So it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. I believe the report of the Lord. And if he says he always gives me the victory and always causes me to triumph, if he says that he's given me, he's blessed me with abundance, that he's redeemed me from the curse of poverty and lack, sickness and disease, I believe that. And hide and watch, the circumstances will change. They have to. I'm telling you, it, and, and here's the thing. That's not hard. That's easy. What's hard is letting Satan dictate to you what your life is going to be. No, that's hard, right? If you're occupied, here's the thing. If you're occupied with your own plans, what you want to do, it will dull you spiritually. And in our circles, some of the dullest people spiritually are some that seem so mature spiritually. But just because you could communicate a little clearer, just because you could quote a whole bunch of scriptures, that doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. So, so don't give in ear to that, right? You stick with the word of God. And here's a big one. If you're up to here with you, you're dull spiritually. But if you're up to here with what he wants, right? Show me a spiritually mature believer and I'll show you somebody who absolutely loves the local church, who speaks very reverently about all fivefold ministry gifts, who loves his brothers and his sisters with all of his heart and actually prefers them above himself. That's a person that God can use. Here's the deal, guys. You falling in love with what he's in love with will, will, will go help you go far in him. You know? And I could tell you, he loves people. Everyone. Everyone. You might look at an individual and they might be insignificant to you, but they're not insignificant to him, right? Because it doesn't really matter what they look like on the outside. God knows who they are on the inside and he knows who they've, who's he's made them to the point to where Jesus said, I'll go and die for that person, right? That's how much he loves people and he loves you. See, here's the thing. When you don't love your brothers and your sisters, this is what happens. It's all reflective. It reveals that your love for him is wanting. Right? What you give attention to, that's what's going to be on the inside of you. And what's on the inside of you is what's going to determine the outcome of every battle you'll ever get in. So be careful what you give your attention to. Right? So, man, pastor, what do I do? Don't try to figure it out. Just follow him. I could tell you, just follow him. 
Will you miss it? Absolutely. Does it matter? Absolutely not. He'll get you to the right place. Those of us who've walked with him for a long time, it's amazing how God has got me to the right place. I mean, I'm kind of amazed. I'm like, Lord, I really want a pastor, but just, you know, if you'd be so kind, as maybe, maybe not too many people like me. But you know, God will always let you know. He'll come to you and he'll say, listen, I know who you are. I know who I've made you. I know the plan I have for you. You know, I know all the enemy's done to try to mess with you and mess that all up, but don't worry about that. And he will say this, these words that will penetrate and change your life, you'll say, but my child, behold, I make all things new. Let today be a new day for you. Hallelujah. We must make sure that God is directing our steps. See, why am I saying, why am I taking all, we're, I've got all these notes. But this is a big part of faith. Because right here, once you realize that it's not in me to direct my own steps, this is what happens to you. You will become completely dependent upon him. I am completely dependent upon him. The Bible says things like this, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, it's not even entered into the mind of man the incredible things that God has prepared for them that love him. It goes on to say that the spirit of God will reveal all of them to us. See, that's the key. The foundation of faith is being completely dependent upon him. But if you're trying to live for yourself and figure out your own way, you're in a wrong, you're, you're literally in a wrong place. As Pastor Mark Mason would say, you're in the wrong sandbox, right? Mark Hankins, he's a great minister, great guy, loves the Lord. Him and his wife are doing phenomenal things for the Lord. And his dad was a pastor and his dad preached a sermon. They lived in some, I, I can't remember what southern state, kind of middle of nowhere. I think, I think there was one stop sign in the town. But his dad would preach a sermon, you can get anywhere from here. When you are completely dependent upon God, you come to that place, you can get anywhere from there. Because what happens is it funnels in everything and now you'll just be like, okay, I've taken care of the thing where I'm not, I, got, I, just, I don't have to figure this out. I'm just gonna get to know him and follow him and his, the word will be a lamp to my feet and it will be a light to my path. And I'm literally just looking at this. Because see, sometimes the, the word of God will lead you right through a fiery furnace. But it doesn't matter. It won't kindle upon you. Sometimes it'll lead you right into a lion's den, but it doesn't matter because you're coming out, right? No matter what the enemy comes with, he comes out against you one way, the Bible says God will make sure he flees seven ways. This is who you are in Christ. This is huge. God loves when we completely depend upon him. God loves when we completely trust him. Him. And that 
I can tell you is, is in, I could tell you at Faith Family Church, this is what's going to happen. It's already happening, but this is where we're going. We are be, going to become completely dependent upon him. And in that place, you're going to see incredible things happening in life because God will not be hindered at all. See, doing this ensures, right? Have you ever heard me say this before? Doing this, coming to a place where you're completely dependent upon him and nothing else, ensures that you'll always be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right heart. That's being led by the Spirit of God. The key to fulfilling what God is calling you to fulfill is this. This is the key. To fulfill what God has called you to fulfill in life. I mean, he's called you to be above only and not beneath. He wants you healthy. He wants you in abundance. He wants you full of joy. But in order to do that, this is the key. Just like the key opened up your car door, opens up your house, there's a key. This is the key. Here it is. Will I submit myself in humility to completely depend upon him? That is the foundation. That is step one. Do this is once and see, I can tell you this, it's kind of like the children of Israel. Do you know they go into the promised land? Guess what? The first battle was the biggest. This is going to be the biggest and hardest thing you ever do, and it's nothing more than a decision. And God doesn't ever want you to make that decision with no facts. Faith is not blind, faith sees clearly. And God, everything he did was to show you that he loves you. But once you come to the place where I'm right here, I will submit myself in humility to completely depend upon him, and there I am, boom. That is the big place. Once you learn to completely depend upon him, It'll be a lot easier not to lean on your own understanding. It'll be a lot easier. All this stuff that you just, listen, bless God, I am not doing that, and, and I will never go here, and that person, I am never, that'll all go away. You won't even have to deal with it. It'll just go away because you're consumed. See, at this place right here, Pastor Edwin will love this one. This is the place this is the place right here when I step, I'm completely, I submit my will in humility to completely be dependent upon you, God. This is the place where the revelation is blowing up in your spirit that God loves me, that he will never leave me and he will never fail me and he will never forsake me and he will always see me through. When I go through the water, he's gonna be with me. And through the rivers, they won't overthrow me. And when I walk through the fire because he's with me, it won't even kindle upon me. That's, that's the place of faith. This is a huge thing. A man trying to improve himself on his own merit is like a donkey trying to become a racehorse. 
You could feed that donkey everything a racehorse is fed. You could have him trained by the best trainers in the world. And at the end of the day, he will always be a donkey. He might be a really good donkey, right? Right? I mean, you could take me right now, 59-year-old man, and you could give me the best nutritionist, the best trainers in the world. You, I mean, I could be taught basketball by Michael Jordan, LeBron James, all of the great ones, and I'll never be an NBA player. That's okay, because I'm a pastor, right? That's okay, right? See, this is the place where you completely submit in humility to coming to a place of completely depending upon him. Here's the other place. You find out who you are, and you're okay with it. And that wrinkle that kind of goes, you know, when you smile, ladies, and there's like a little line that shows up on, on, you know, someplace on your face that no other human being has ever seen except you in the 900-watt light of your bathroom, (laughs) you'll be okay with it. Either that or you'll go, you know what, this is so cool, God, because I believed you and you've blessed me. I could go get Botox and get rid of that thing, right? Is that what you do? You inject it with some kind of, I don't know. Wow. Anyway. You cannot produce the God kind of results. You cannot walk in the God kind of faith unless God is for you and working through you. Right? Being confident in yourself will always end in failure. What is failure? Failure is anything other than God's results in your life. What does it mean to be successful? I remember years ago, I was playing in a basketball uh, league. You know, I was, I was a, a national sales manager for a company in Southern California, a young guy, and I was playing with all these Newport Beach stockbrokers. We were playing in a basketball thing, and there was one guy who was trying to be an actor. He was in the movie Hoosiers which is a movie that came out way, way, you know, like back when dinosaurs were still reigning in the earth. And so he came and he was going to try to make it in Hollywood. And so we're all in this league and all these guys, I was the only Christian and all these guys were making all this money. You know, they seemed so happy. And here I was, I was miserable. I'm doing all this ministry and then I'm working in the corporate world and I'm miserable because I love doing ministry, but all the rest of it was not what I was supposed to be doing. And I remember crying out to the Lord going, Lord, why is this so hard? I just want to be successful. And the Lord said to me, he goes, Tony, what is the definition of success? And the minute he said that to me, it came right out of my spirit. Are you doing what I've called you to do? That's the definition of success. Don't worry about the money. The money will always be there. Not in the form of your paycheck, maybe, but it'll always be there. I mean, God has a million ways of getting finances to you. It doesn't say an Ivy League education makes you rich. It says the blessing of the Lord. And you know how many people the blessing of the Lord is upon tonight? 
There's not one person in here, every one of us, we have the blessing of the Lord upon our lives. So we can expect if we completely depend upon him, he'll put us in a full and overflowing supply. Think of, think of Romans 8, 11. All of us here who are Christians, right now, if you'll believe it and turn that on, the Holy Spirit is down on the inside of your spirit. And it says right in Romans 8, 11, that with the same power, he raised Jesus from the dead. Now, if you really study this out, see, we were risen with him. So with the same power that he raised Jesus and every believer from the dead with, he's in your spirit and he's there quickening your mortal body. That means he's healing, he's restoring the health, and he's making whole your mortal body. Well, I wonder if you just walked around all day and just, just spoke that scripture. Father, I just thank you. All of a sudden, after a couple days, you'd be calling me up. Pastor, this is amazing. The same power, right? Have you ever done that? That's, that's, we have to get a revelation of these things, guys. Well, praise God. I've got to, I've got to read one more scripture to you. Hallelujah. Proverbs, or Psalm, Psalms, chapter 18, verse 2. I'm going to read two scriptures to you. This is a, this is a more than enough church. You guys can handle this, okay? I'll be, we'll be done in about two minutes. It says in Psalm 18, 2, it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The Lord is my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. The Lord is my buckler. That means he is my shield and he is my protector. And the Lord is the horn or the power of my salvation. And the Lord is is my high tower, which means the Lord is my inaccessible place of refuge. That's who he is. Not ours, he's yours. This is one-on-one. -on -one. He wants you to know. So I love the last scripture here. Well, shoot. <laughs> Romans 10, 17 so then faith. What is that? So then faith. You should write this in your Bible in parentheses. So then faith. The ability to trust God comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The ability to trust God comes by gaining revelation knowledge of his word. To the degree that I have knowledge, I can trust him. In other words, your trust or your confidence in God, it'll grow progressively, little by little, as you walk out God's plan for your life. How do you walk it out? In relationship with him. And that's why Psalm 125, verse 1, says, they that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. That's who we are, guys. Rejoice in that. I want to encourage you. Get alone with God 
and have him help you. Ask him to help you. Show you things that you're not seeing. Show, your, show you things that you're seeing wrong so that you can get in a position where you choose, I am going to humble myself and submit my life to this truth that I am completely dependent upon the Lord. That is the doorway to walking and living by faith. Amen.